Welcome to the Patriot Podcast, a production of Covenant Academy in Cypress, Texas. Our hope is that this podcast connects you to the heart of our community, culture, and those who are helping shape the hearts and minds of students. Thanks for listening, and we hope you enjoy today's episode. Welcome to this episode of the Patriot Podcast. I'm Michael Gaines, and with me, as always, is Covenant Academy's head of school, Leslie Collins. Leslie, good to see you. Good to see you, Michael. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. I have Jeremiah Stone on the dials, and our guest today is Pam Walker, who uh, has the great opportunity to teach our kindergarten students here at Covenant. So, Pam, good to see you this morning. Thank you. Good morning. So, uh, Wanted to maybe start out, and uh, for those that may have seen you in passing, Pam, but hadn't had the opportunity to maybe stop and, and shake your hand and maybe even give you a hug for teaching those wonderful kindergartners, uh, could you share a little bit uh, about uh, your your background and, and how you uh, came here to Covenant? Oh, wow. Uh, my background, I was trained in another field besides education, but uh, when my children were small, I began homeschooling them. And uh, I homeschooled for about eight years and needed to go out into the work world. And uh, I loved education so much that I knew that that's what God wanted me to do. And he blessed me with uh, a job at a, a different classical school. And I taught there for a year. And then Covenant opened, and I was able to come here. And I've been here ever since. Mm. And I absolutely know that this is what God wants for me to do. Mm. That's so good. That's so it's it's so in, in, uh, invigorating to have that experience of, of of being sensitive to the Holy Spirit of knowing where He's leading you, and then when you just kind of step into that, it's it's really exciting. So that's that's great. Well, we're we're so glad to to have you here, um, and I know that part of your uh, approach uh, to the classroom involves a lady named Charlotte Mason. And I've heard the name. Uh, I'm sure you're even more familiar, though, for those that, that aren't familiar and say, OK, well, Charlotte Mason, how, how does this connect with, you know, teaching these wonderful kids? Can you help help us kind of unpack that a little bit? Well, um, Charlotte Mason was a was an educator. She was a British educator in the late 1800s, early 1900s. And um one of the books that she wrote that I've been diving into lately is um, it's called Habits. Uh, let's see if I can get the full title. Habits, The Mother's Secret to Success. So even though it works out wonderfully in the classroom, it also works out wonderfully at home. Um, because I've just been drawn lately to the study of the concept of habits and the role that they play in character formation, in education, in our Christian walk. All of us, because habits form us, whether they're good habits or bad habits. And bad habits are harder to get rid of. Good habits are harder to form. So it's important to get that start early on. Um, so one source of that study was Charlotte Mason and her book. And in it, she she just gives a lot of great detail about her thoughts on the benefits of establishing good habits. Uh, she believes that cultivating and maintaining good personal habits is the key to developing a virtuous character. 
she makes me wish I could go back and do that with my own <laughs> boys. Um, she lived in a time and place where you might think, well, children are meant to be seen and not heard. They weren't really given respect as individuals uh, as much. But her study of Scripture taught her that children are born persons worthy of respect. They are in the image of God. And that informed her teaching methods. What I really appreciate about her is she's not child-centered, in other words, being too permissive, but she also wasn't too authoritarian, like the parents are the boss and that's it. It was Christ-centered. She had high expectations for her students, but lots of training and grace to help them get that standard that she wants them to achieve. And I, I hope, that's my goal, that's the hope of what I have, of that's, that's what I want my classroom to be. To be that we do have high standards at our school, but we offer all these wonderful opportunities of training, coupled with grace and discipleship to help them get there. And that's my goal. Her approach was kind but firm, short lessons in the desired habit, repeated regularly until mastered. She said it would be best to focus on one or two habits at a time so you're not overwhelming a child with constant expectations and demands. Um, once a habit is formed, though, expect it every single time. And that's where I probably dropped the ball a lot with my own boys, was letting them slide a little bit here, slide a little bit there. And next thing you know, the habit's gone, because that's confusing to the child. They think, does mom really expect this? Does my teacher really expect this? Sometimes she does, sometimes she doesn't. So that was an important thing for me to learn. Mm -hmm. yeah. If if they've learned it, you have to hold them accountable for it every single time. And that might seem countercultural, but I really think that type of training is actually freeing to the child because it leads them to be able to take directions and work independently on their own. And that's a pretty powerful thing for a child to have. It is. And I think, I think that many parents today can identify the bad habits that their children have. Uh, they, they, they don't leave their shoes in the right place. They're always leaving their toys everywhere. They never pick it up. They obey me on the fifth time that I tell them. Uh, they're interrupting. The parents can say, oh, goodness sakes, these, these habits are driving me crazy. And those are opportunities for us to to evaluate what we're teaching. And I think those habits that we have, these habits of understanding and respecting and honoring others and, and respecting and taking care of the things that God has given us, and I put it away right away the first time, not the seventh time or whatever it is, those habits will stay with us. And and the amazing thing is, is the amazing thing about the human brain is 100% of the time we're always learning, okay, even I would actually, I was about to exclude sleeping, but in sleeping, we are learning because we're processing, we're calculating where everything goes. Uh, but 100% of the time, we're learning. 100% of the time, we're learning. And so even when we're learning the wrong things, we're learning. And many times, parents don't realize your child is learning even when they're getting out of 
with the work that you just asked them to do. And it's not just parents, it's teachers too. We, it, it is a very difficult job to shepherd hearts. And it's, and it's so easy to uh, really become child-centered. I want, I want the children to be happy all the time. We know that if your goal is to make the children happy all the time, they actually won't be happy all the time. Mm-hmm. And the goal cannot be, I need to be happy all the time as a parent. The goal is, Jesus said, I am the shepherd and I lay my life down for my sheep. So it's to be a shepherd like Jesus and to be about Jesus. And I was thinking, you know, yesterday we, as teachers gathered together and and just talked about our our mission, our goal, and um, something that the Lord has has laid on my heart. As you were talking, I thought, oh yes, this is what Charlotte Mason was, exactly what she was. Something that the Lord has laid on my heart is Malachi 4.14, um, that uh, he will turn. He's talking about John the Baptist. This is the this is the last chapter of the last book of the Bible. It's the last thing God says uh, for, before four hundred years of silence, and, it, and is proclaiming that there's going to be someone who's going to prepare the way for the Lord, and that person is going to be John the Baptist. And and he says that he will turn the hearts of the fathers toward their children, and the hearts of the children toward their fathers. And that really is what Charlotte Mason was about in an age when parents really were not attending effectively to their children. They were to be seen and not heard. Um, The really wealthy, we've seen them on Downton Abbey, the really wealthy maybe spent an hour with their children a day. Um, That's not not the paradigm that parents live in now, but that is the way in which Charlotte Mason was living. And so we we know we want to, most Americans spend the majority of their day with their children, or they may send them to school or some other um, nursery school or whatever that may be. But are our hearts toward our children? Are our children's hearts toward us? That that just sounds like this wonderful relationship where I'm looking at you, and you're looking at me, and we're loving one another, and and I'm shepherding you in the way in which you should go. And I think she spoke really well into that. So even though her words and her the culture at the time isn't isn't like our culture, in many ways it's a similar struggle that we have. Yes, yes. And I'm, I've read many of the descriptions of her books, and they would talk about how she was really so ahead of her time in her thought processes. It's so her message was so valuable for us today, mm-hmm. and that goes right with what you're saying there. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. We want to take a moment out of today's podcast to talk about Grand Coffee. Jack, can you tell us a little bit about Grand Coffee for those that aren't familiar? Yes. So Grand Coffee is a completely student-run coffee service that the students of the Grand Tour provide to teachers, parents, and students who have permission. And all of the proceeds to it go to fund our Grand Tour. So Avery, ordering coffee is really easy and it doesn't cost that much, right? Absolutely. So each parent can come in in the morning or go in car line. Uh, We'll have menus for them. They can look at the menus, go over what they want, and order right then and there. And then we'll have their coffee made as soon as we can. Um, We just started opening up tea as well. So now we have coffee and tea, and each are both $2. So, Piper, what does the menu look like for Grand Coffee? So we have an assortment of different coffees, regular and strong, and we also have mango black tea, which is delicious, and we also have an assortment of creamers and sugars, especially the pumpkin spice creamer, which is wonderful. That sounds excellent. And Timothy, I know that when parents arrive on campus, it's easy to order their coffee or tea. Right, so we arrive in the morning every every time at 7.15 to get set up, and then we take the 
uh, the teacher orders before. And whenever Carline opens up, we get out there and are ready for your orders and take it right out to you whenever uh, it's ready. That sounds excellent. So Grand Coffee, be sure to place your order every time you arrive on campus during the week. So then it sounds like there's a, uh, that a lot of the, the students that you have the opportunity to, to teach Pam uh, are benefiting from some of these, these concepts and ideas, uh, which kind of leads me to, to ask, you know, what does a, a kind of a, a classroom look like, a kindergarten classroom look like um, that, that you have the opportunity to, to lead and nurture? What, what is that? What does that, that Monday morning look like for you? <laughs> well, at this stage in the school year, they've got a lot of those habits and routines down pretty well. And um, they know what's expected of them when they walk in the door. They know where their backpacks go. They know where their snacks go, where their water bottles go. They can just take ownership of that, come in and do it and be ready for the day. It gives them that opportunity of feeling settled. And then they're ready for learning because they've got that automatic routine down that took some careful daily work at the beginning of the year said, oh, remember, this is where we put our lunches, remember? And have you finished all of your morning routine? Have you got all your things put away in their right place? They might go, oh, my snack's in my, in my backpack, and they'll run and get it and put it in. But over time, they're getting that habit. And again, it's just, it's just so important to make sure they're doing each thing each day in the right way. And that's how we get that habit formed. I know myself, when I want to change a habit, it can take a long time. What is it? The standard is three weeks. Sometimes it's longer than that to get a particular habit in place that I'm trying to achieve, whether it's exercise or uh, just a certain chore that I want to make sure I get done timely. I have to set up cues for myself, you know, and in the classroom, I get to be the cue for the students to help remind them, remember, this is where this goes. This is what you need to do next. Please make sure you've done this. And over time, as I'm saying, here we are mid-year, they all know their routine. They know what to do. I rarely have to remind them of anything at this point as far as getting started for the day. Other things that we do in the day just to help set them up for success, not only in kinder, but looking down the line, what are they going to need to be like in second grade and fifth grade and on down? First thing they need to be able to do is to settle in and be ready to learn. How are they sitting? Are they sitting attentively? Is their body position such that they can attend to what the teacher is saying or are they going to get lost in their own thoughts with whatever they came to school thinking about? Helping them to understand what that can look like. And yeah, it's pretty, well, I want to stay strict isn't the right word. I can't think of the right word right now, but it needs to be pretty consistent. That standard needs to be met pretty regularly so that they get into the habit of focusing. They get into the habit of thinking about what is being said and get into the habit of not being afraid to share their own responses. 
some kids naturally are bent to, I'll share everything that's in my head with you right now. Yeah, that would have been me. So, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I would have been the other extreme. I yeah. would have been the one just sitting back and listening and maybe taking it in, but I wouldn't want to share my thoughts. Well, that's not good either. That's the other extreme. So helping kids feel safe, helping them feel that this is a good place, a safe place to share what you're thinking, whether it's right on target or not, your thoughts are worthy of being heard. But that also leads to how do you have an orderly classroom? If you have thoughts you want to share, what do you do? Well, in kinder, it's you need to raise your hand. If I have 12 kids blurting out their thoughts all at once, it's not going to be very orderly and we can't learn from each other. So they learn we have to take turns and how that works. So just setting them up with those habits of um, behavior habits, character habits, listening, diligence, patience, be willing to learn from each other, not just willing to share what I know, but be willing to receive what other kids have to say too. I like that. And that's important for them to learn. And it's important. It's so fun to watch it happening in the class. When you see your shyest child begin to raise their hand or give thumbs up that, yeah, I, I do have an idea to share if you call on me. That's really important. And to help the uh, the, uh, the strong leaders, <laughs> so you can have too many chiefs mm -hmm. in the classroom sometimes too, but helping them to know, well, you can wait. Mm -hmm. You know, I heard from you last time. Let's give someone else a turn now. And that's important. All of those things for them to do. Yeah, those are, those are future um, house church leaders or home group leaders or Bible study community uh, members. And so you're, you're leading them in that. And they're also going to be students uh, sitting around our Harkness tables being part of those Socratic discussions. And I think something that is also important as if, if families who are listening are not part of the covenant family, something that's also important is in the midst of all of this habit training, this habituation, training them to love to do the right things for the right reason, we're also training them in by, by surrounding them with beauty. So our classrooms are naturally beautiful. Um, there, there is classic artwork. There are, there are calm colors. We have intentionally placed natural fibers those they're what they're putting their their snacks in what they're putting their homework folders in are baskets full of natural fibers so they're not touching plastic all day that actually affects them it affects their sensory information it affects their perception of this is what's normal and so we've we've really carefully crafted our classrooms so that they are calming and they're peaceful and they're a lovely place because the, what you are exposed to every day either the noise the clutter the chaos or the, the peace and the stillness and the love, those things are training what you love, what, what philosophers call training your affections. And, and those affections are settled very soon. So we either like broccoli or not based on how we were exposed to it. And we know broccoli is really good for us. Our students are growing broccoli and they've had some great broccoli soup and broccoli salad and all of that. But what you were exposed to at an early age really affects what you will love later. And so what Pam gets to do is train the habits and the affections of our students. And I think that's uh, an investment in the future. So I'm curious, Pam, um, kind of a, it's a two-pronged question, but you can kind of tackle it um, however it makes sense. You know, you're, I, I'm, I'm listening to you and I, I kind of see your, your face and I hear in your voice the passion uh, for being able to share these 
these these principles and concepts with the the students on instilling these habits. How have you seen that uh, applied as as the students then kind of move from your your class to to others? And secondarily, what's the feedback maybe that, that you get from parents because it's a partnership, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, they're the parents are are coming and we're we're you know, I'm a parent, so I'm, we're partnering with the school in uh, in really shepherding the 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 whole student. Uh, I'm curious, kind of on the you know, once it's you know three half past three and the kids are out the door, uh, obviously they're taking that that whole day with them. What, what's some of the feedback that you, you kind of get from those those spaces, if, if, if anything kind of comes to mind? I think a lot of times the parents are so excited when their child comes home, uh, full of excitement of what they learned during the day. Um, and I'd like to get into that a little bit more later. But they'll be full of excitement. The parent, I, I give them in my uh, weekly newsletter a few little guided questions to say, ask your child about this this week as we cover that. And the child can then share the knowledge that they've learned with a parent, which it just reinforces the knowledge or the concept or the 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 thing that they got to observe and uh they have a lot of excitement about that and parents sometimes are surprised at how much these little ones can learn and remember um bible verses for example you know they're amazed that their 5-year-old or their 6-year-old can recite something that's 6 or 7 or 8 verses long um but it it just goes back to that habit of daily repetition and uh being consistent with it it really all of our lessons go back to habits um learning to read which is the most exciting thing that happens in kindergarten is when kids learn to read for themselves and that's beginning to happen with some of them as we're learning the sounds learning to blend the sounds and such and so the parents are thinking you just you just read that mm-hmm. And so the child gets this wonderful feedback from their parents of, this is really cool. Ms. Walker <laughs> thinks it's cool. My parents think it's cool. I think it's cool. Mm. And that just continues to help them have that awe and wonder that, that I hope that they would have being in kinder. I want, I want to take that natural curiosity that they have and channel it and feed it and watch it grow so that years down the road, yeah, they're still excited about learning. And that just does my heart good. Uh, I have been here for a few years, so it's been fun to watch our seniors graduate. And some of those students have been with us from the beginning, so I had the chance to have them in my little class. And so I had a little piece to play in that, I hope. And it's just fun to watch them walk that out, walk out those good habits of being a good student, being a good citizen, being um, a good member of community, of knowing how to lead a community, or just be a good member of a community. And it's fun to watch that fall into place as they move on. So it's, it, it is important to keep that long-term perspective in mind in the heat of the moment in the classroom. Well, that's so exciting. Well, we're uh, very grateful for uh, the fact that the Lord has led you here to Covenant. And I know that you continue to enjoy and and pour out every day the the passion that that he's laid in your heart for the students. So uh, thank you so much, Pam, for for doing that. Um, and so 
I know, Leslie, for those that are saying, hey, you know, something that I heard or maybe hopefully all that I heard was was really, really interesting um, for those that may not be a part of the the uh, the covenant community. Uh, how can uh, those that are interested learn more or, or get a little more insight? That's a great question. You can come to our Kinder Open House, which is on February 11th um, from 9 to 10. We're excited, and it's an opportunity for us to just open the doors and welcome you into our classroom. You can see what it looks like. It's a wonderful day, wonderful experience. Uh, but if that day doesn't work for you, we'd love to do whatever we can to be um, hospitable to your needs. So check us out on our website at covenantcypress.org. Excellent. All right. Well, I've been speaking with Pam Walker, our wonderful kindergarten teacher here at Covenant Academy, and also had Leslie Collins, our head of school. So Leslie and Pam, thank you so much for the time today. Thank you for having us, Michael. Hi, I'm Piper Zaka. I'm a junior here at Covenant, and I've been here for three years. And one of my favorite things about Covenant is the drama program. Now, every summer we do a play, and this past year we did Arsenic and Old Lace, and it was the best thing ever. I played um, an um, Aunt Martha, and it was one of the best things. I got closer to my classmates and my teachers who were helping, and also whenever we were getting ready for our costumes and getting ready to go on stage, it was so much fun, like putting on our makeup, trying to work together and do all those fun things. It just brought us all closer together, and I will never forget all those experiences that I've had. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Patriot Podcast. If you have any questions or comments about anything discussed, feel free to contact us on our website at covenantcypress.org.